0: 2, just making it clear. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for themselves, circumcised the son of Israel on the hill of the foreskins. Love the Old Testament. Isn't this wonderful? Praise the Lord. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, "...had died in the wilderness on the way, after they had come up out of Egypt." Verse 5, "...for all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way, as they came out of Egypt, had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness, till all the people who were the men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord." To whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers, that he would give them the land flowing with milk and honey. And Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had been because they had not been circumcised on the way. And so it was when they had finished circumcising all of the people. That they stayed in their place at the camp to so the role healed. Then then, verse 9 the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, This day I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Father, thank you. Moving power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to get into it, and I got something to drop, and I need every minute. This is a phenomenal passage of scripture that I've preached on many times before. If you listen to what I preach to you tonight under the unction of the anointing of the Spirit of God, your life will be changed. We need to hear a message like this one, and it's certainly ministered to my heart today. The people have crossed over the Jordan in the text. To give you the context of what's taking place, the people have crossed over the Jordan, fall. Fear falls on all of the Canaanite kings because of this great miracle that God does. And the men born in the wilderness were not circumcised previously, but now they're in the promised land. Where are they? They're in the promised land. And God says, it's time to circumcise your children. The men that that God raised up in the place of the ones that rebelled and died off in the wilderness. And the fact that they were not circumcised basically showed rebellion. Rebellion. They showed the rebellion of the parents, the ones that didn't believe God. They didn't follow through in teaching their kids. They didn't teach the kids, look, you need to do this. This is a sign of the covenant. This is an an ordinance from from Moses. And they didn't do it. So it really showed their rebellion not being circumcised. It showed the fact that they wanted to go back to Egypt. And circumcision here in verse 9 is seen as a rolling away of the reproach. They celebrate the Passover. We didn't read that. But they celebrate the Passover. Now, nobody could celebrate the Passover unless you were circumcised. And truth is, they didn't didn't celebrate the Passover in the wilderness. But now they're in the promised land. They get circumcised. Time to celebrate the Passover. Manna ceased, if you go on to read the text. No longer is there supernatural provision in that way. But there's supernatural provision by the hand of God. In other words, they were going to harvest. They were going to plant crops. They were, they were going to do the work of getting their own harvest, but no longer was there manna now that they cross over. There's a change in provision. Forty years of manna, and now they're in the, new, the promised land, and manna ceases. That must have been quite a day. Can you imagine eating manna every day of your life, and now you're in the promised land? Oh, no more manna. It's time for milk and honey. Now, I rushed to get to this. What the Lord told Joshua was that these people had to follow through on his commands. This people of his, who had basically been in rebellion because of their parents, had to follow all the way through. And as they did that, they were then going to be allowed to participate in the Passover and, of course, go into the promised land and reap or receive the promise that God had promised to to give them, even to Father Abraham. And so they're circumcised. Well, what does that have to do with us? Circumcision is a picture of cutting away of your flesh. It's a picture of getting away, get, having, think, come on, there's a circumcision of the heart now in the New Testament. Some of you, you should see what I'm looking at. You guys are all freaked out. God wants to deal, listen to this, God wants to deal with the things in your life that are going to hinder you from moving into your destiny, from moving into your purpose, that are going to hold you back from walking in fullness of covenant with God and allow you to transition out of where you are into the promised land of the promises of God. Egypt is a place, can you say amen? Egypt is a place that, that represents the world, that represents sin. The promised land represents basically deliverance and salvation. Joshua Yeshua is Jesus' name. Joshua was delivered. He's a type of Christ. And He was going to bring them through, even the waters of baptism, into this new life. And so, this Old Testament picture, for us, God speaking to us, that if you got some stuff you need to cut off of your life, baby, you better cut it off. Otherwise, it's going to hold you back. From moving into the thing that God has for you in this new season. We are in a brand new season. I'm sure it lines up with some Hebrew calendar somewhere. I'm just not familiar with it. But we're, we're, we're in a new season. We're in a brand new season. There's a, there's a new mantle being released to go into the new season. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me today. He said, son, you must teach your people that they cannot go into the new season with the new mantle, with the same old flesh stuff, the same old self. Come on, you got to deal with yourself. Everybody say, I'm going to deal with myself. Say it again. I'm going to deal with myself. God wants to cut away the flesh of our lives. The flesh, a fallen human nature that sometimes destroys. The flesh can represent many things. It can represent old or past relationships. Locked inside your person, locked inside your being and your soul, there can be things that happened to you when you grew up. Okay, well how old are you now? Get shoulder shirts upstairs, youths upstairs, not youth here. Alright? So you're easily above eighteen. Fair? There are things that are locked inside your soul. Hurts, wounds, things that happened to you while you were growing up that can represent the flesh, past relationships. You've got to deal with past relationships, you've got to get healed. You have to forgive them. Maybe you have to be forgiven. You've got to let it go. You've got to cut it off. I lived in Greece for a period of time when I was 18 years old. And what amazed me when I was in Greece, a Greek Orthodox religion, if you're a widow, if you're widowed in the Greek Orthodox religion, you wear black the rest of your life. And they walk around, they wear black. That's it. You, that's your new clothing, black. Everything's black. Now, I don't think it'd be a stretch to say that it's not God's will for you to grieve the rest of your life. And you might have been through some things that caused deep hurts. You might have been through things that happened, unspeakable things that took place in your family or with a cousin or, or, or an aunt or, or an uncle or somebody that did something to you. Or, you, you know, you've got to deal with that. Because if you don't deal with that, if you don't confront that, then it's not going to go away. You know, problems in our lives don't go away just because we ignore them. Many times it gets worse. I remember injuring myself on my bike. My mother told me not to ride my bike. I wasn't allowed to ride my bike. But I did it anyway. And while I was riding my Schwinn with a banana seat, was bad. The bike was purple. It was tough. It's a chopper, I think, too. Yeah. That's probably why I got that Harley importation right there. Anyway, I'm riding my purple Schwinn chopper banana seat bike. And the, and, the, and the banana seat sparkled. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 70s. Come on, Jesus. I'm riding the bike I'm not supposed to be riding, and I eat it really bad. I mean, I wipe out and I rip open. I have the scar today. I rip open my my knee. But I knew that my mother wasn't. You know, I knew that my mother said, "Don't ride your bike," and I knew that I disobeyed. So I quick hurried up, put the bike away. I tried to. I, you know, I, I I did whatever I could to sort of hide that and put on some jeans. I had shorts on and I hit it and I hit it from her good. And a few days go by, and it really hurts and it hurts and and a few a few more days and. It's, I'm, I'm looking at it at night, and I'm pulling it off. My mother doesn't know. And I start getting these red streaks, and, and the thing is pussing, and I just feel like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and so I told on myself. My mother said, oh my goodness, it's infected, and we had to get that thing cleaned out. We had to get, we had to get antibiotics going and I was getting blood poisoning because I did not deal with the scraga. That's Portuguese. I didn't deal with the, with the scrape I took from my knee because I was ashamed because I disobeyed. Application. Many of you have been through things that you just don't want to talk about because it might bring shame on your family or it might bring shame to where you are in your life. But I'm going to tell you something like a boil has to be lanced before that thing can be healed. You must lance that thing of past relationships. You've got to cut it off if you're going to move into your death. Everybody say, cut it off. you got to cut it off if you're going to move forward. You say, I don't want to. Tough. And you might lose a limb. You might not enter into all that God has for you. You are not intended to carry these things. It's why Jesus died on a cross so you could be healed, broken hearted healed, so you could have memories healed. No matter what has happened to you, maybe you've been through war torn, you know, Iraq out there and in, in the bush, or one of the nights of the sand and these different wars we've had overseas. Maybe you've seen things. Maybe you've experienced things in your life that are a pain in your soul. And even when I'm talking now about them, your heart begins to beat and you're like, man, it's that thing. It's that thing. It's that one. Yeah, that one. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You need to deal with that. How? We're going to get there. We're going to talk about how to deal with it. You've got to bring Jesus in. You've got to repent. You've got to extend forgiveness. And sometimes you need counsel. Happy to counsel you there 's no charge. you just need to call, make an appointment. I will sit down with you, and we will help you that 's why i 'm here come on i didn 't go to school for nothing elementary school that is all right let 's move on to the <laughs> so the flesh we got God wants us to cut away the flesh that will keep us from moving forward into destiny for the Israelites. it was not following through in covenant. Doing what was the right thing. It's a picture of rebellion. What is it for you? Past relationships. It can also represent attitudes. How's your attitude? Attitude check. How's your attitude doing? It can represent poor choices. Come on, how many of you ever made a poor choice? Alright, I know some of you haven't. You're perfect. But, you know, and you have pride. That needs to be cut away. Amen. Amen. We've all made poor choices. I pray and 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 believe that I'm never going to make another one, and I hope that I that I don't. I'll do my best not to. But cutting away the flesh can can be poor choices. You know, you got a fallen human nature that wants to make a poor choice. Can I can I tell you a struggle that I'm that I that I've faced uh, recently? My wife's looking at me like, dude, what are you talking about? We've, we've gotten out of debt, 100 percent out of debt. okay? So now I'm 100 percent out of debt, and I see some stuff I want. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm thinking, we could budget that, maybe? Bad choice. I'm not going to make that choice. My flesh. My flesh wants to j- it's amazing. I don't know if it's like a cultural demon or what? It's manna, Mammon rather the spirit of mammon. That, that they keep up with the Joneses. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not experiencing the keep up with the Joneses thing, but there's certain things I just, you know, I've not gotten because we've put our nose to the grindstone to get out of debt. And so you look at that, that might work right now. But that's not what the Lord's saying. He's saying, no, you're not doing that. I'm like, no, yes. no, oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, am I the only one? Oh, yeah. You just take your credit card out and go for it. I hope not. Don't do it. Somebody say, don't do it. Come on, live within your means. Live within your means. Don't be, a, don't be in bondage to a bank. I mean, there's certain things you can leverage yourself. or Owning a house, or, you know, this is not a financial class, but you know, don't leverage your credit cards just so you can get whatever. Amen. There, there can be poor choices. The flesh can represent poor choices. they got to stop that. Everybody say, stop it! The cutting away the flesh, amen. The cutting away the flesh... It can be a picture of dealing with self centeredness or yourself. Turn to Matthew. Oh boy. Fasten your seatbelts high and tight, ladies and gentlemen. Put your trays and seats in the upright lock position. Matthew, what? Matthew, something. Matthew 16. Find verse 21. From that time Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. Then be raised on the third day. Then Peter took Him aside and began to rebuke Him is Peter rebuking Jesus. Saying, far be it for you, Lord. You shall This shall not happen to you. But he, that is Jesus, turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. For you're an offense to me. For you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. I had a leadership meeting on Sunday night. We shared about this You've got to deal with yourself. How is it that Peter in one moment had the right answer? do you love having the right answer? Head of the class? Woo! Who am I? Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and, and Jesus, our, our hero, our master, says to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he's like, that's right. I am Peter. The rock. Right? This is just a couple chapters later. Homie thinks he's got it figured out how to hear the voice of the Father. He's got a plan now. After all, he's the one that knew this is the Christ. So he feels like, I think, he's hearing God again. (laughs) You are not going to the cross. And he, he doesn't even say his name. He says, Satan... Get behind me for you're a stumbling block. In one moment, Peter, used by by the, the Father to be a declarer, a proclaimer of the Christ, of the Messiah. The one who would take away the sins of the world for all who would believe on him. And the next moment, he would be used powerfully by Satan. How in God's green earth could that happen? You want to know how? He had some stuff that he didn't cut away. You want to know how he's happened to be used on Satan's team? To stumble our Lord. Our Lord was stumbled by that. I mean, think about that. That's a powerful statement. You're a stumbling block to me. Not that he, not that he actually did stumble, but there was a block that was placed there. And Peter was used by Satan to be an emissary of Satan. To be a satanic prophet. To say there's an easier way out. You don't have to do it. The very same Satan that came to Jesus after he was baptized in the Jordan and the Holy Spirit alighted on him. Satan came after 40 days and began to tempt him. Jesus overcame Satan by the Word of God. Right? And what what Satan was offering him was, look, there's an easier way. All the kings of the earth, they're mine. I'll give them to you. Just worship me. So here Peter is being used now. As a disciple of Satan, if you will. And the reason is because Peter had stuff in his self that was not dealt with. I don't ever want to be used by Satan. And the sad truth is, I think I have been. And the times that I have been has been more often than not. And honestly, I could say maybe every time. I don't want to put a blanket statement on it, but more often than not is because of my own Self-centeredness and my own idea, my own fleshly thoughts about what should actually happen in that particular instance. Jesus said, you have not in mind the things of God, but you have in mind the things of men. There is a very strong pull from yourself. I'm talking about your fallen human nature. And if you don't cut that thing off, you don't deal with that. Teach your kids to deal with it. Teach your whole family to put your flesh down. Then they will learn to be people who yield to their flesh. It'll be self-centered all their life. It'll be all about them, and they'll end up very possibly missing heaven. I'm so proud of my children. You know, we have gotten in this nutrition program. I couldn't go to sleep for nothing last night, or up till twelve o'clock. I had to get up at five thirty, and there was no napping or anything in the in the picture. Although I did get one in. Praise the Lord. Got up at 5.30, had prayer. We had to work out at 7. We're doing this workout that... that Jesus, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I have to call on his name when I'm doing it. I'm totally serious. I mean, like, I can't do it. I have to... My flesh is just going, Stop, stop, stop. I'm going, Die, die, die. I'm going to live for my spirit man. So there I am. My lungs are out here. I'm just about ready to toss my cookies. For real, if you work out real hard, Arnold Schwarzenegger says, if you, don't, if you don't do the Technicolor yawn, you really didn't push yourself. That's what Arnold Schwarzenegger says. Anyway, I don't know if that's true, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sick. Anybody work out until you just fell over and you, and, you, and you lost it? Okay. So I'm feeling like that. I have to take a break. And my kids have been diligently at it. And as I take a break, I'm like, uh, 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 and Hannah goes, come on, Dad. I thought, yeah, game on. Then she had to stop. (laughs) What's the point of that? Getting in shape. The physical exercise of some value, godliness of the value of all things. I'll tell you what the point, one of the great points of it is. I'm teaching my kids to discipline your flesh. I'm teaching them to overcome the way that you feel in your emotions. I'm teaching them, look, you're going to eat your stinking green beans because you're not going to smoke dope. Now, we don't necessarily tell them that way. What do you mean? If you can't put your flesh down and eat some stuff that you don't like, And you just cater to your flesh all the time? I'm preaching now. (laughs) Come on, somebody say, deal with yourself. You've got to cut it away. One of the things that caused Peter to become an ambassador of Satan was because he had in mind the things of man, not in mind the things of God. Here's some examples of self-worship. You stand in front of the mirror and look at your nose and talk about how big it is. How you got to get a nose job, or you have this inferiority complex about the way that your physical body looks, and if you know you just you know you're you're like you know you're not going to get a facelift, but you just maybe you know maybe Botox or something. Are you saying Botox is sin? Let's look at the next point. You just you. I'm saying worshiping yourself is wrong. Okay. Some people worship themselves, and this is a negative thing, but they hate themselves because they look at themselves and they say, I'm ugly. And so they come in agreement with the demonic. Because God doesn't say you're ugly, ladies and gentlemen, and when you stand in front of a mirror and you look at yourself and you're like, I'm so fat, and I just why can't I have straight teeth? And uh, you, know, you just complain and argue about the way that you're made. You were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You think he makes junk? He doesn't make junk. He loves you just the way that you are. Now, you might need to push yourself away from the table, like, like you know, hello. I'm going to go encourage myself, praise God. Amen, <laughs> hey pastor, that's me, you talking to me. I'm going to control my flesh. I'm not going to stuff my face and worship at the altar of my refrigerator, Jesus. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm getting after it now because I put my flesh down with food. But can I tell you something? I'm just stinking backslid. I took all my weight off for about two years and then backslid for about eight months. But I'm back, praise God. I got a hold of that beast and I wrestled it to the ground. i die, boys! Die! Alright, that's just me. I don't know where you're at. You know, but I, I, I was one that medicated myself. Look, I medicated myself. Listen to me. I medicated myself and then when I finally got off the stuff that was illegal, I did it with stuff that was legal. Oh yeah, I'd have like three pieces of cheesecake and three cups of coffee and just be like, sting! Right? No, hey, what? I'm not on drugs anymore. Oh, aren't you? How many, how many milligrams of caffeine actually did you drink? How many many cups of sugar actually is in those four cheesecakes that you ate? Oh, you don't do drugs. Sure you don't. Okay, great. Let's move on to the next point. you got to deal with yourself. Everybody say deal with yourself. I'm like, I'm frying. I don't know where you guys are at. I'm like in trouble. Jesus, help me. Help me, God. How about giving God ultimatums? You give God ultimatums, you actually are the one that's actually God. You're worshiping yourself. God, if you don't do this, and I, <laughs> then I'm not going to go to church. You don't come through for me, then I'm not going to... Oh, so who made you lawgiver and judge and king? Who, since when do you know the best thing for you all together oh. that you would actually talk to the one who spoke and said, let there be light and there was light? Who are you to actually talk to the potter and say, oh, this is the way you should make me? Who are you? You have a God complex. You giving God ultimatums? Stop it! I mean, you can tell him what you can request, you can partition petition, you can ask, you can seek, you can knock, you can do that all in the will of God. But you don't give him ultimatums. Have you bumped your head? Our prayer life is affected by ourselves. Come on, somebody say, "I'm going to deal with myself." Yeah, deal with yourself. James 4, 1 through 3. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when do you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. Oh, there it is. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. There's nothing wrong with praying for needs. God tells us to do it. But there is absolutely something wrong for praying for increase so you can just be a glutton or a worshiper of mammon. God didn't get me out of debt so I can go get in debt to get some more stuff so that I could sell in a garage sale a year from now that's not what he's gotten me out of debt for but the flesh is just be like oh look let me just tell you we've lived a very simple life my wife and I and, and we will continue to do so and when you live a simple life and sometimes when you when you know has anybody ever been in need like you didn't you didn't have enough to make it through? Yeah, we've had times like that. And when God takes care of you so much so that you're not at that point anymore, and you're just totally blessed, your flesh will want to just reward yourself. And, it, and oftentimes it's not God. And then when it comes time for you to send your kids away to school, you don't have a cent because you didn't plan. And when it comes time to, 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 to release resources for the kingdom of God, you can't because you got leveraged big time with some new thing that you got that you really didn't need. Now, there's nothing wrong with stuff, okay? He gives us everything for our enjoyment, our pleasure. There's nothing wrong with it unless you worship it. There's nothing wrong with possessing lots of things unless you can't give them away. Because if you can't, then they, you don't possess them. They possess you. You. Our prayer life is affected by ourselves. You know, my need, my problem. Maturity is the ability to control yourself. Woo, do I need to encourage myself again? Should I? Maturity is the, maturity is is the ability to control yourself. How are you doing yourself? Are you dealing with yourself? The thing that has freaked me out as I meditated, I prayed, and, and put this message together. What really freaked me out was very simply that most of the problems I have had to overcome in my life were totally produced by me. Oh, and I loved blaming Satan, and Pentecostals do the best job of that. Devil! The devil! What? The devil has a name! It's often your first name. Now, there's a real devil. I'm not saying there's not a devil. There is. There's demonic entities that drive you to to live in your flesh. There's powers and principalities. Why don't we war not against flesh and blood? Come on, you're in a war. You're in a war between your flesh and the Spirit. That which you feed will get stronger. Who are you feeding? The way you deal with yourself. Deal with yourself. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to deal with myself. The way you deal with yourself is learn to live in the Spirit. Learn to put your flesh down. Learn to pray. Learn learn the Word of God. Memorize the Word. Pick up your cross daily and follow Me. If a man does not deny his life, for My sake, he will lose it. You want to lose your life? I don't either. You've got to deal with yourself. Isn't this a wonderful Valentine's Day message? Would you turn to the person on the right and say, deal with yourself, baby. Come on to it. Turn to the Deal with yourself, baby. From self can come, I'll quickly whip through this, Depression. You worship your feelings. If you worship your feelings, you're going to get depressed. Feelings are highly overrated. How do you know? Because they were my compass for most of my life. I can't say that anymore. They were a compass for a good portion of my life. Most of my life, now I'm living for God. Praise the Lord. Some of you are on like a roller coaster. You're on a roller coaster wondering where God is. You're like... Hallelujah! Oh, Hallelujah. oh. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? You're not supposed to be on a roller coaster. I mean, you know, the amusement park, that's one thing. In the kingdom of God, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Hello? The Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be with plenty and with lack. Learn to be in want. Learn to have abundance. need to learn to live above a fence and be blessed and thankful for what you have right where you're at. And God will bring you to heights. God will bring you to the Mount of Transfiguration. But the Mount of Transfiguration, listen to me. The Mount of Transfiguration, you don't live up there. You come down and you deliver the man's boy who's demonized. You come down off the mountain and you bring the harvest in. Grapes are not grown on mountains. Grapes are grown in the valley. Some of you want to walk in the fullness of what God has. You'll never get there until you deal with with yourself. I've got to hurry up and close. Anger. Should we talk about depression again? He said, Well, the, my doctor told me it's a medical condition and, and, and it's a, a, a chemical imbalance. I don't doubt that. That's, that can be very true. And having come out of that, having been given the diagnosis myself, I've lived on lithium Pro, Prozac milkshakes. I know. Okay, I'm just telling you, my personal experience is that all of that, I was depressed, there was a chemical imbalance, yes, yes, yes. However, when I got off the throne and put Jesus on the throne, then something began to happen in my life. When I got off and said, I'm not going to do what I want to do, I'll do what you say. I hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then I would see the fruit of a delivered life. I would make decisions on tithing when I did not want to. I wanted my measly 10% because I wanted to go get more, you know, more coffee and, and cheesecake. You know what I'm talking about? And I learned, no, I'm going to obey God. I didn't obey God because I I, I obeyed God simply because I just wanted to love him with all. I was tired of crashing my bus. I was tired of having a wrecked, depressed life. And I just began to make decisions based on the word. That's not the word. I can't do that. I want to do that, but I'm not going to. And of course, I would stumble and fall. And I had people that would disciple me. We make decisions based on the word of God, not our feelings. And I will tell you what happened for me. I don't know that I have a... You ask my wife. I don't know that I ever have a depressed day. Ever. I had a moment last year. But I took a shot of that liquid sunshine, vitamin D stuff. Man, I feel great ever since then. Come on, hallelujah. Blocked goals can oftentimes bring depression. But you've got to trust God for your breakthrough. You've got to trust God of the timing. Depression can come from self. Anger can come from, come from self. Guilt. you put yourself as judge have you guilt fear now some fear is good some fear is bad fear of god's good and god uses fight or flight syndrome to save people's lives right you ever see the mama that lifts the car off of her child because she just gets this supernatural boost of of god and adrenaline and whatever else and flips the car off and saves the day yeah that's a fear that's that, that could be good it could be good fear bad fear Fear of the devil, bad fear. That's not a good fear. Fear of God, good fear. It's different. It's a different fear. Fear, it's it's awe mixed with reverence. It's different. Hurt. The God complex. Power hungry. The pseudo-intellectual. These are all things that, that can be in the self. I need to hurry. The indecisive. People are oftentimes indecisive because they don't want to be wrong. That's because you're afraid of being wrong. It's wisdom and a multitude of counsel. Look at the Word. Get some counsel from people who have done, done right. Walked it through. And guess what? I know people that are 30-second counsel people. What do you mean? It means when they want a counsel, they come. They say, Pastor, what do you think about this, this, and this? I go, well, this is what the Word says. If it was me, I'd pray through. Obey God. Here's clearly what you should do. You know, you've know, you got a couple choices here. Definitely don't do this. Do this. They do that. They have victory. Simple. It's really pretty simple. Amen. All right. How to, how to deal with yourself. I think the first thing is repent and live a repentant lifestyle. Michael, would you come to the piano, please? Repent and live a repentant lifestyle. What do you mean a repentant lifestyle? Repent means to do a 180. Stop yielding. Stop catering to your flesh. Put some structures in place. Let me let me tell you how let me tell you what, what just a recent thing, and this, this is just me I know me. I, I got back from Hawaii. I don't think I have ever eaten more food in my life. Well, we got back from the islands just now. I just felt like I don't know, pate, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what pate. is. I, my livers were stuffed. I mean, I was just like swelling up, tipping the scales at like almost 260, which is big for me, just all back to where I was holding I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't tie my shoes. Without holding my breath. And I felt like the Lord said, that's enough. My blood pressure went up. You know, the cholesterol up. All that stuff through the roof. Right? And so the Lord said, that's enough. You know what? I came back to my family. I said, that's enough, everybody. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, it's over. He said, what, it's over. I said, we're all doing hardcore nutrition. We're all going to be getting in good shape. Everyone else, they're like, what? Okay. Because you know why? I couldn't do it without you. Come on, it's Valentine's Day I got a bunch of candy I'm not eating it I'd have sucked up a whole box and a half by now I had to set my life up I'm telling you this story to say this I had to set my life up so that I could deal with myself Myself can be very strong in certain areas Your you're, you're, you're fallen human nature strong And look, some of you have a problem with pornography I'm not looking at anybody I'm looking back here Some of you have a problem with porn and it's, and it's destroying you it's destroying your mind it's destroying your marriage you say well I can do it nobody knows God knows and furthermore if you got dipped in a sewer everybody would know that you stink it is a demonic thing that brings upon your life pornography you need to stop it you need to set your life up if you can't handle the internet unplug the stinking thing we got along without it before you can get along without it now get some filters get some accountability do the right thing everybody say do the right thing What's your, if you have a problem with credit cards and constantly spending, take out a stinking pair of shears and cut them up, and make yourself accountable. Do growing, you know, do Financial Peace University. Learn how to handle your money. If you have a problem with relationship, get in a, get in a group. Learn how to live healthy. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be addicted. Ah, you don't have to be afflicted all your life. You can deal with yourself. Come on, God has given us the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, somebody say, I have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I have resurrection power. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You think about that for a minute. When I'm weak, he's strong. In my weakness his strength is made perfect said the apostle Paul. Do you do you have you ever experienced that? Some of you have. Praise God. Some of you are dealing with yourself. It's a lifetime project by the way. Hallelujah. You can do it. You can live clean. You can live sober. You can live without drama. You can get off the roller coaster of your emotions. You can live the Word of God. You can live blessed. You can walk into the promised land. Cut away your flesh. Deal with yourself. Remove the hindrances of the past. You can do it. You can because of what Jesus did on the cross. You can because He rose again from the grave. You have power. You have authority. Use it. Quit aching and making excuses for why you can't. It will not stand before God on the day. The very fact that we will stand before Him on a day of judgment means this. That means that you and I can live holy. Otherwise, a righteous, loving God would never judge you. You can live holy. You can. Somebody say, I can. not But you've got to deal with yourself. Repent. Live a repentant lifestyle. Live in covenant with God. Live in covenant with God. Be accountable to each other. Peter got rebuked. He failed later on. Simon, Simon, Satan's desire to sift to his wheat. Pastor Vince preached on it. It's interesting. How many of you know that verse of Scripture? And I'm going to close with this. Simon, Simon, Satan's desire to sift to his wheat. How many of you know that verse of Scripture? It's interesting that he doesn't say Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater had a wife no he doesn't call her he doesn't say peter peter he says simon simon why would he say simon simon there's a clue there because simon was like really his unsaved unredeemed name and what would then take place at the the denying of the lord three times and then the cock would crow what would then take place during that period of time was a worship of self Peter was trying to preserve his own life Peter was trying to keep himself from being crucified Peter is trying to keep himself from conflict Oh, I don't know him Aren't you? You're a Galilean I saw him No, I... No And I'm sure in his mind he's justifying all along It's alright because I'm just playing it here I, You know, the Lord needs me I'm, I'm Peter the Rock You know, I've I'm, I'm got to lead the disciples I can't be crucified now I mean, he had it all rationalized I've done that. Anybody else? Am I the only one? You know, worked it out. No, if I just, you know. And three times he denied the Lord. The rooster crowed. Jesus was crucified. They went fishing. Went back to their old life. Jesus went to the beach. Simon Peter saw him. Dove off the boat. Swam to shore, and had a fish breakfast on the beach. And Jesus asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Why would he ask him three times? Because he was bringing restoration and healing for all the times that he denied him. You might have denied the Lord and you might be a man of the flesh or a woman of the flesh. Or you might just have some things like me. I'm, I'm just... Jesus help me every day. Every day I'm just resisting coffee. I'm a, I was a coffee fanatic. I quit. Almost three weeks. Oh, like if you know me, that's a miracle. I have more energy than I ever had drinking a cup of Starbucks. I don't know what's going on but I, but I know it's the Lord and the Lord telling me hey son you got to do this and I know that he doesn't do to the head what he won't do to the rest of the body I'm telling you he wants to deal with your flesh he wants to bring you to a place of health he wants to prosper you even as your soul prospers he wants to physically prosper you and help you come on did you get something from God today? stand up on your feet Lord God Take out the flint knife tonight. The Lord tonight wants to help you to cut away some things of your fallen human nature, things that have been plaguing you. And really, all we need to do is just come before Him and and repent and live a repentant lifestyle. Set our life up so we're accountable. Don't fall for the same trap the enemy's taken you down before. It'll hinder your destiny. And it'll hurt lots of other people. Before we pray that prayer, all across this place and those online, if you want to be made right with God, you want to repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time or in a recommitment, if that's you, you're serious about it, slip your hand up now. You want to get right with God. God bless you. Anybody else? I want to get right with God. Maybe the devil lies to you and says, you're not saved. You don't know Jesus. You've never repented. If he lies to you, you want to just be sure. Raise your hand now. All across this place, if you raised your hand, I want you to come to the front right now. It's right here. Right front and center. Come on. Put your hands together for these. Come. On. Come. On. Come right right here. Come on. It's all right. Come on. People are coming. It's a brand new day. Come on, somebody say it's a brand new day. Come on. Let's pray. Right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me and cleanse me. I repent. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Touch your people right now. Every bondage go. Every chain be broken. Every lie of the wicked one we cast down tonight in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare freedom, wholeness, favor, blessing. Give them a hunger for your word. A hunger for the things of the Spirit of God. A hunger for fellowship. Bless them. Fill them. Heal them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Those of you that came up, we've got people around you that are going to minister to you. For those of you that congregation will move forward while they're being ministered to, here's the call for you you know you have things in your life that God has been putting his finger on and it's time to deal with it it's time to take out the knife of the word of God and cut that thing off make a declaration it could be a habit it could be a, a bondage maybe that you're in Just maybe you just realize man I've had just a little bit too much self that's the way it was for me I wasn't like in some big sin but even the little thing became a big sin to me and the Lord said you got to deal with it son stop it stop, it. stop destroying your temple you're your fat son I'm just telling you what he told me. I'm just trying to obey. Come on. Deal with yourself. Somebody say, I'm gonna deal with myself. You want to cut some things off and deal with things that are gonna rob you, and you know that God's ministering to you. Maybe it's a past relationship. There was a real anointing in that first part of the service where we began to talk about an uncle or, a, or an auntie or somebody that did something to you, and it's just robbed you. There's a pain in your heart there, and you want to get healed of that. Come to the front right now. You've God spoke to you tonight. Come to the front. We're all gonna pray. Come to the front right now. Just come flood the altars, fill this place. And deal with yourself. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to fill you. Strengthen you. Come on. Take some steps. Hallelujah. Oh. Not going to be held back, God. Going to move forward, God, into your plan to move forward God a new plan deal with everything Lord that would hinder reveal even tonight things on the inside of our hearts expose sin expose any wickedness Lord that, would, that grieves you that robs us from the fullness to the joy of serving you Ephesians 4.22 You were taught with regard to the former way of life. To put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Come on somebody say I'm putting off the old man. I'm putting on the new one. Lord touch your people right now. bring freedom strength come on just let them touch you service is almost over just a couple moments longer let them touch you tonight come on you know you need the Lord we need the Lord Releasing strength. Tammy Collins, Jesus is touching you. Karen, just lay hands on her, Pastor Karen. Release strength right now. Strength. All you women of God, just lay hands right on her back there. She needs strength going through challenges, and she's the strong one. God's going to anoint you to do it. Release strength. Blessing. May we live from a place of victory. May we live, God, with a conscious, minute by minute, moment by moment understanding that the resurrected Jesus lives on the inside of us and nothing is too difficult. That we can do it. We can do it. We can deal with ourselves with the cross. Galatians 2 and 20. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now is by faith in the Son of God. That literally, Paul saw himself as being crucified with Christ. That is the way it is for a believer. To as many as believed in Him, He gave them the right to become children of God. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The Word of God goes on to say that if a person continues to yield to their self, then maybe they've never been made new. You've got to ask yourself, if you're constantly living a life that's not the regenerated, new creation life, and you're constantly filled with sin, you might not be born again. You might not have given your heart to Jesus. How do you know who that is? Only God knows. But you make sure you make a decision to live for Him. And then you set your life up. Some people have stronger flesh than others. Hello? Some people are dealing with generational iniquity and curses and all kinds of stuff. And it comes to bear on that, on that lust that you have. It's a supernatural lust. It's a demonic-inspired lust. A demonic-inspired greed that can come yeah in other words it's beyond just natural fallenness it's supernaturally injected with demon power because of generations of lust that have gone before you is now upon you and you wonder why it's so difficult it's because your father yielded to it and your father's father yielded to it and the generations the curses of the forefathers come down to the third and the fourth generation and so sometimes things are more difficult for one person than for another because of doors and curses and covenants people have made Witchcraft and on and on. You say, do I have to figure all that out? No! You just know what the Word of God says. Come before Him and cry out, repent. Repent for the sins of your forefathers. Repent for your current sin or for anything you've ever done. And then make yourself accountable. Get plugged in. Get discipled. Be a part of a small group of ministry or an outreach. Be a part of the lights. We have your... these things called lights. Get in them. You can't be discipled by yourself. Hello! So say, God, release your power to me. That I might walk in my destiny. In freedom and truth. Fulfilling all my purpose. Never hindered by my fallen human nature. I will live that way so help me God Amen take someone by the hand won't you praise God Father thank you for what you've done tonight bless your people cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards them be gracious to them keep them give them peace in Jesus name Amen God bless you